You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson. Proud to be bringing you another live edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show here on this Monday. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, and we've got a lot that we want to accomplish on today's show. I first off want to say thank you to our Sports Call team for holding down the fort in my absence. I was only on the program one single time last week, which is incredibly rare for me after being on five plus days a week. Typically, uh, getting last week to celebrate my brother getting married over the weekend in Knoxville, gaining a sister-in-law in life in Mallory, and uh, what a beautiful wedding it was this weekend. Really enjoyed those festivities. Yeah, All that to be said, I'm really excited to be back here in the studio and glad that Auburn football comes back this week as they get ready to take on Arkansas. So a lot to get into. Jason Caldwell will join the show today at 430. We'll have our best and worst of the weekend, a nightly TV guide, birthdays and sports, all the usual Monday things here on Sports Call. JJ, Cam, and Tom. Cam, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, good weekend. Good, good relaxing weekend. Um, kind of unfortunate the Falcons didn't get a win against the Bengals, but when you have a practice squad player, practice squad corner guarding Jamar Chase, things don't really work out well. And when you're down to kind of, you know, your last three in the de- in the defensive back room, that I mean, that's just against that wide receiver core, you don't really stand much of a chance. And we didn't stand much of a chance. Uh, we, we almost got close, but they just kept 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 coming and just kept scoring. I mean, 481 passing yards for Joe Burrow. I mean, that's just whew, tough to watch. But, uh, yeah, so still still a decent weekend. Uh, and, and, I mean, still very much in the division race. Still, uh, you know, three and four. We play uh, next week. We play, oh, your Panthers, uh, JJ. So, Hopefully that'll be a win, but you never know because they just beat the Bucks. So yeah, yeah. But uh, overall, a good weekend. All right, Tom, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, busy, uh, very, very busy. We had the uh, the syrup sop, syrup sop in downtown Lochapoca. So I was there all day Saturday from about four thirty a.m. until a little after six p.m. So that was my whole Saturday, and then uh, yeah. That was about it. Sunday, watched a lot of NFL. So, with that said, on Saturday, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of college I said, football. I said I didn't get to watch a whole lot. I watched a little bit of the Alabama game as I was falling back asleep once I got home. Other than that, yeah, I didn't see much. I didn't see any college football. Yeah, well, I could tell Bama, it looked like Bama was, uh, was rip-roaring and, and going at However, I will say this. There was a particular play that I did get to see. And it goes to one thing that I've been talking about with Bryce. And, and it's how good he is. And I hate it, it. It makes my 
mouth like not feel good to talk so good about <laughs> Alabama player, but Burns. but I mean it, I mean you just got to call it what it is. I mean the kid is talented, yeah. And sure. there was a play that he had. I, I had always talked about how cool, calm, and collected he feels back there. He looks that he just never panics. Mm-hmm. And there was that one particular play. State only rushed three, which means there were a lot of guys back there. He had the protection, but still, even even when there was a guy coming at him. He just never looked phased. I mean, he just he 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 bought his time. He never just kind of moved around and he moved around in the pocket, but he never got too far outside of the pocket. He just stayed right where he was at, kept his eyes downfield, and I mean, just cool, calm, and collected. No big deal until he finally found a guy open in the end zone, and bam, throws a dart. I'm like Jesus, that that dude is just so good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. to sit there that long and, and finally find a guy. I mean, dude is incredible. But I and then watch some NFL games. What a crazy weekend of, of NFL games! I mean, some, it's a weird NFL season. It's man. a weird NFL season, but so this weird. this week was particularly just yeah. really odd. Shout out to Taylor Heineke for beating Green Bay. What? I mean, Green Bay got beat, but then Carolina turns around and just beats the brakes off the Buccaneers. Just, I mean, who the heck saw yeah, that coming? I don't think any of nobody. And it messed some of my fantasy football up because I had Leonard Fournette and Mike Evans starting on a team. So yeah. they didn't. I mean, the Carolina Panthers defense decided and, to look like the '85 yeah, Bears and, all of a sudden. I, I had the the Tampa Bay defense, and they only got me one point because I was same, like, well, same I, on one I of my figured, leagues. You know, they'd be pretty good against a not so good offense. Sure. And PJ Tucker looks like he was just. PJ Walker, yeah, yeah, yeah ripping it. But, but other than that, yeah, I mean, it's a good weekend. It's a busy That's weekend. PJ got to relax. Time you said PJ Tucker, <laughs> yeah, got to NBA relax, player. Got to relax. Watch a little NFL. Uh, had to wake up and deal with a flat tire on my truck today, so that was always fun. You got that taken care of though. Change, yeah. Change. I mean, you got here, so I reckon it's up. Yeah. Yeah. Change, change the tire, put the spare You're on. the man. Got to the tire store, got it fixed. And You're the man. Here we are. In the SEC this weekend, obviously the Auburn Tigers were off. We did see that top 25 battle between Alabama and Mississippi State. Alabama covers that 20-plus point spread against the Bulldogs. They won 30-6. Pretty convincing win for Alabama on Saturday. But in the SEC, guys, the surprise across the league by so many was, quite frankly, a second-half domination by the LSU Tigers over Ole Miss. Ole Miss had yet to lose a football game this season. Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers with a big-time win at home. But, Tom, this one between LSU and Ole Miss – Really impressive what we saw from the Bayou Bengals. LSU outscored them. What was it, forty-two to three? Yeah, down the stretch is what I saw. Something um, like that. Yeah, some yeah, something like yeah. that. Actually, yeah. And that then of course just... LSU. You don't normally see LSU storm the field, but especially after beating Ole Miss. But top ten team storm the field, man. You know, I mean, Ole, hey. Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a a storm in the field team now. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right. I don't know. But uh, after. 45-20 was the final score. After the first quarter, Ole Miss was winning 14-3, to so they ended the game on a 42-6 to scoring 42 run. 42-6, to okay. Did, uh, did LSU. But, yeah, I mean, just a really, really impressive performance yep. by yeah. Ole Miss from over the weekend. Yeah, or by, by LSU. LSU, excuse me. Yeah, by uh, Jaden Daniels looks uh, very comfortable now. It seems like, uh, you know, LSU's kind of figured it out. Brian Kelly's got those guys um, – just working together and some good quality synergy on that team and and they've ripped off a couple of a few good wins and uh yeah i mean they they won here and and it's hard to win in jordan Hare whether you know you want to chalk up to how good auburn is how bad auburn is whatever 
in Jordan Hare, that's still a hard environment. Same thing when you go down to Gainesville against Florida, another tough environment. Uh, Florida, again, you know, you can say what you want about the team, how good or bad they are, still an extremely tough environment. And then uh, you get the number seven team in the nation. They come to your house and you you dominate them in the second half. So yeah, I mean they 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 look good. LSU with the win, forty five twenty. Their quarterback Jaden Daniels had five total touchdowns, three on the ground rushing, and two passing scores as well. The other big story in college football again a week this past week where several teams were on a bye. Alabama gets set for a bye week now this upcoming Saturday, and Auburn prepares to take on uh, Arkansas. But this past week, we saw a top 10 matchup out west in the Pac-12. It was Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks taking on UCLA. And former Auburn quarterback Bo Nix continues to play at an elite level. Five passing touchdowns for Bo Nix. He's now completing 71% of his passes. That is 10 points higher than any of his seasons that he played football for the Auburn Tigers And according to our friends over at Vegas Insider, Bo Nix has the sixth best odds right now to win the Heisman Trophy. So Bo Nix doing amazing things. And not just his play, but the fact that Oregon was able, like that uh, Ole Miss and LSU game, Oregon started to pull away in that one and and really looked impressive there in the Pac-12. Well, so and and the thing with Bo Nix, it's all finally kind of – starting to come around we always heard the stuff you know bo Nix is going to be a heisman trophy finalist he's feeling comfortable and this is actually the year and now <laughs> yeah now this is actually the year but again we the problems here at auburn were not bo Nix, and so many people tried to tell that right. to the fans the right. fans that were just crapping all over him is like no. it's not bo Nix. if you just really watch what he's doing and watch his play now there were a couple bad games in there yeah, yeah, you know the was door- young so you, you well might've... well not not just but i mean last year that george, he was pure just daggum pitiful against georgia state when he got benched oh yeah that was but i mean that was everybody has a bad game and now and that was a bad game but you cannot sit there and and blame all that on bo Nix because now he's showing you what an elite quarterback he was that was a that was a symptom of having no offensive line, no true threats at wide receiver. We've talked about it so many times before that Bo Nix was running for his life half the time. He very rarely had time to just sit there and, and find where he needed to throw the ball. And then also in the in the Gus Malzahn system, there was not really much to sit limited. there and pick. It, he was handcuffed it was very, with the, very limited. Yeah, he was handcuffed with the system because it relied on a lot of just 50-50 balls and one read throws and. And so there was no progression. You didn't sit in the pocket and go through your progressions of reads. You just, you knew where it was going to go, and that's where you threw it. Right. Um, but then last year in that first year under Harson, there was a lot more that he was given. He was, the handcuffs were off. He was able to go through read progressions and things like that. And we saw some good out of him until he got hurt. But uh, he just didn't have the weapons around him. But now with him out there in Oregon where he actually has – an offensive line around him that's pretty good and you actually have some playmakers at wide receiver you're seeing that Bo Nix can be an elite quarterback and it's just unfortunate he wasn't able to do it here he's having to go all the way out there to uh to the land of the Nike and get it done yeah I I mean he's he's uh, this offense that he's in is is extremely balanced um against UCLA he threw for 283 five touchdowns but they also ran the ball for 262 yards so it's just a nice even balance and and he's getting it done with his legs and with his arm um and i saw a stat that said he's one of he had 
He's one of, I think, like five quarterbacks this season that has multiple games of five touchdown passes, and he had no such games in his career before that, in the seasons before that. And that's just – I just kind of sat there, read that, and just had like a little tear just like fall down my face, and I was like, man, that's just – we we knew how good he was and and now it's kind of being showcased and I'm glad he's getting that opportunity um and yeah I mean I, I don't think he wins the Heisman but he definitely could get an invitation to New York and that would be really cool to see uh and and really good for him and could boost his draft stock and and all of that so so good for him happy for Bo Nix I uh, hope he continu- continues to uh show out We'll see if he can do that. Auburn taking on Arkansas this upcoming weekend. Arkansas, one of the best rushing football teams offensively in the Southeastern Conference. And the Razorbacks, according to betonline.ag, opened up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Arkansas. The road Razorbacks open up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite against our Auburn Tigers. Let's take our first time out of today's show. We celebrate birthdays in sports next here on Sports Gone. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of our program. We'll talk about anything that you want to in the wide world of sports. For now, let's celebrate those birthdays. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports are presented by Max Credit Union. Let Max Credit Union help you out with all of your banking needs. They've got two convenient locations to serve you here in the Auburn and Opelika area. We've got one in Auburn on Gay Street, one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Max Credit Union, the proud presenting sponsor of Birthdays in Sports. Corey Dillon is turning 48 years old, the former NFL running back who played college football at the University of Washington where he was a first-team All-American, drafted in the second round by the Bengals in the 1997 NFL Draft, only played with the Patriots and Bengals in his career, a one-time Super Bowl champion in 2005, and a four-time Pro Bowler. Happy birthday, Corey Dillon. Jalen Ramsey is turning 28 years old, an NFL quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, played three years of college football for Florida State, winning a BCS National Championship in 2013, drafted fifth overall by the Jaguars in the 2016 NFL Draft. He's played with the Jaguars and Rams, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, and he won the Super Bowl last year with the Rams. Happy birthday, Jalen Ramsey. Amon Ra St. Brown is turning 23 years old, an NFL wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, played three years of college football at the University of Southern California, drafted in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft by the Lions. He set the Lions' rookie record for receiving yards in a season with 912 
last year. Amon Ross St. Brown, happy birthday. Yeah, I hope he, uh, hope he feels better. He got he got uh, kicked out, held out of the game um, last week for a concussion, or yesterday for a concussion, so I hope he's getting better. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is turning 33. This is an NBA center for the Chicago Bulls. Played college basketball at the University of Southern California. Vooch. Back-to-back Trojans. First team All-Pac-10 in 2011. Drafted with the 16th overall pick in the 2011 NBA Draft by the 76ers. Has played with the Magic and Bulls as well. A two-time NBA All-Star. Happy birthday, Nikola Vucevic. Jalen Brown is turning 26 years old. An NBA shooting guard for the Boston Celtics. He played at Wheeler High School in Marietta, Georgia, and was named Georgia's Mr. Basketball after his senior season. Played one year of college basketball at the University of California, Berkeley. Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Drafted third overall by the Celtics in the 2016 NBA Draft. A one-time NBA All-Star. Jalen Brown, JB, turning 26. He's tough. I thought uh, I thought for a second there the Hawks might be able to make a play for him when the when the Celtics almost you know burned it all down. But yeah. then they went to the finals, so I don't think there's a chance of that. Yeah, happened. a good duo with him and Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah, he's very talented. Eric Cosmer is turning 33 at MLB first baseman for the Boston Red Sox. Drafted out of high school with the third overall pick in the 2008 MLB Draft by the Kansas City Royals. He made his MLB debut in 2011. He's played with the Royals, Padres, and Red Sox. A one-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove Award winner, one Silver Slogger Award. He won a World Series championship with the the, uh, Royals in 2015. A gold medal with Team USA at the 2017 World Baseball Classic. Happy birthday, Eric Hosmer. Rafael Devers is turning 26 years old today. The MLB third baseman for the Boston Red Sox signed as a 16-year-old free agent by the Red Sox in 2013. He made his professional debut in 2017, a two-time All-Star, All-MLB second team in 2021, Silver Slugger Award that year as well, and won the World Series with the Red Sox in 2018. Rafael Devers is turning 26 years old. Happy birthday to Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney is turning 37 years old today. The former soccer forward and current D.C. United manager played his youth career with Everton and broke into the first team at the age of 16 in 2002 with the same club. He also played with Manchester United, D.C. United, and Derby County where he was a dual player manager. Five-time Premier League winner, won the FA Cup in 2016, won Champions League in 2008, Europa League in 2017, all-time top scorer, 253 of them for Manchester United and also with the English national team. Wayne Rooney is turning 37 years old today. This is Birthdays in Sports presented by Max Credit Union today on October 24th, 2022. Happy birthday to Corey Dillon. Jalen Ramsey, Amon Ross St. Brown, Nikola Vucevic, Jalen Brown, Eric Cosmer, Raphael Devers, and Wayne Rooney all celebrating their birthday today. If you are celebrating your birthday, we would like to wish you a very happy birthday. That's Birthdays in Sports, again, brought to you by our friends at Max Credit Union. Allow Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. All right, let's take our next commercial break here on the show today. When we come back, we'll take your phone calls. This is Sports Call.
Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Follow SportsCall on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 9 Auburn Bank, our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. Tom, the season is not going uh, as to plan for this Auburn football team, right? Just a 3-4 and four record on the year for the Tigers uh, coming off of a bye week. But even still, after a bye week, after a Saturday when you're in the heart of Auburn football season and there's no game to be played, Aren't you glad the bye week's over so you do get Auburn football coming up on sure. Saturday? Yeah. Now, now, the one thing I will say is, like, you said the season is not going to plan. Uh, to whose plan and to whose expectations? Because they're going to about to what my expectations were. Uh, obviously, Brian Harson and that group had different plans for what it was going to be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, hopefully this bye week, um, you know, anybody that was, like, banged up, nicked up or whatever can have that week to sure. – to try to recover and come back, and uh, you are back in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Um, I, I hate to say a, a game is winnable. I mean, it, obviously, Arkansas is – it's not Georgia. It's not Alabama. So eh, – but, you know, just as bad as Auburn has been, you know, you almost, you almost can't say that one is a winnable game. But I guess if there is a winnable game in Jordan-Hare Stadium, I guess it could be that one because – Arkansas, while they're good, they haven't just been they they haven't just been world beaters or anything. So Texas A and M's a winnable game. Texas A and M's a winnable game just because of yeah they they have they've done exactly what I said they were going to do is you know the whole prove it to me Jimbo thing. Yeah, you got a bunch of guys you just had a great recruiting class, but prove it to me Jimbo. Uh, they've shown why. Um, but uh, but yeah, as far as Arkansas goes, I. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get a win there, but it is a winnable game. Yeah. You're at home. It is unfortunate it's an 11 a.m. kick. We we all know how those usually go, but hopefully the fans will get in there and pack the stadium out and try to make it lit. Try to make a try to make an atmosphere out of it. Try to. That's the biggest thing is keep supporting the team no matter how bad they are. You got to still keep supporting them. You you don't want to run into a situation. I don't know if y'all saw. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw the video or the the pictures or whatever that came out of Stanford when their team was coming out of the tunnel and the pictures like showing their stadium. Like well, yeah. you, you could like literally count. Me? You could literally count the people in individual areas. I mean that stadium was was <laughs> wild. empty except for just like a smattering of a few folks and that and the team was coming out of the tunnel to start the game. I mean, yeah. At the beginning of the season for even for UCLA, UCLA there they didn't have yeah, UCLA is also playing in the Rose Bowl. They that that's one of those that that is not going to look very good just because they're playing in a 100,000-seat stadium, and there's no reason that UCLA should be playing in a 100,000-seat stadium. It's just, yeah, U- UCLA West is football is just like another yeah, it, thing. It's not, right. Uh, Basketball U- is more popular. UCLA needs to be playing in about a mm, 
50,000 seat stadium, if that, maybe 45 to 50,000 seat stadium, yeah, and no, then they I'll, could I'll, actually make it look full. But when you put that few of people in something the size of the Rose Bowl, it's going to look comical. Uh, same thing could be said for Southern Cal playing in the Coliseum. Southern Cal right. doesn't need to be playing in a in a stadium as big as the Coliseum. They need to be playing in about a fifty to sixty thousand seat stadium, not the Coliseum. Uh, now Stanford has their own stadium, so I don't know what their excuse is, but that was pretty pathetic. Well, but but not going, good. <laughs> well, yeah, true. And so bringing you, it all the way back. So you, you're, t- you're talking about a team where you they're already just very much don't care about football whatsoever, and they're bad, so they're definitely not going to show up. But bringing it back around to Auburn, don't want to get in that situation. It, it would never get like that at Auburn, but no. you, you still don't want it to get anywhere close to that where people are starting to like yeah. look at the stadium and going, oh, wow, look at all those empty seats. 11 a.m. So kickoff keeps for Auburn against Arkansas. You can listen to the game on FM Talk 93.9. 8 a.m. is the start of the Tiger Tailgate Show. Arkansas runs the ball more than anyone outside of the service academies. And Rakeem Sanders, their running back, is the SEC's leading rusher. Auburn has given up 743 rushing yards over the last two games. That's going to be a big factor in Saturday's game against the Hawks. J.J. Jackson with Cam Berry and Tom Peavy. So thrilled to be back in the saddle after a week away celebrating my brother Elijah's wedding. Uh, and, and getting to spend time with friends and family, but glad, glad to be back here on the Plains talking football and talking with all of our callers. How, how much do they ask when you were going to do yours? Say that again? How, how, how many times did you get asked when... when When's my were, wedding going to be? Yeah. All the time. Every, every family member I saw, you're next, <laughs> you're next. When's that going to be? I was too busy getting emotional celebrating my brother. So, uh, yeah, it'll happen in due time, I'm sure. All right, let's go to the phone lines. First caller up today... War Damn Steve. All right, retired War Damn Steve is here with us. Hello, Steve. Hello. And Mr. Tom and Mr. Cam. And by the way, JJ, when when are you going to be the next one in the family? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was just asking. That's what Tom was just asking. I got to get to it. All right. Um, quit fooling around, okay? <laughs> you know, like they say down south, you know, uh, I know you're going to get around to it. When is around to it going to be? <laughs> I got to make it soon. All right, let's get let's get to it, guys. You know what you got? I, uh, I'm a strong believer in the motto "Misery loves company." Okay. Well, there's a lot of company for us over the past over this past weekend, and some teams got roasted, and it did my heart well uh, to watch it happen. Uh, Ole Miss got roasted. Indeed, they yep. did. They, by LSU. I, I was watching Auburn play at first. They had a 17 to nothing lead. Did that sound familiar to you guys against LSU? Oh yeah. And then boom. Yeah, folded up. And and well, what remarkable is that when was the last time I can recall, I can't recall, that LSU stormed the field, their fans, for being an old miss team. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that they've ever stormed for beating Ole Miss. That that was kinda unusual for the LSU fan base. But hey, wow. you know, they're having fun. Good for but them. let's not let's not stop there. Another team that uh glad my heart to get roasted was none other than Jimbo Fisher and his Aggies. Yep. Well, and so here's the thing. They, they, there's a lot of people that are trying to put Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat. They, they can't legitimately fire him this year for two reasons. One, he just had the best recruiting class ever. 
So you got to give him a chance to at least get those guys playing. But the other thing is, uh, if Texas A&M fires him, they owe him uh, $86 million. A lot of money. Yeah. $86 million buyout. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Tom. Everybody talks about Auburn's buyouts being ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you think uh, those those numbers are ridiculous. Uh, Let me give a perspective uh, to our listeners. This is from Bear Sally. Here's the record through 55 games, according to Bear Sally. At Texas A&M, Kevin Sumlin's record was thirty-nine and sixteen. Jimbo Fisher's thirty-seven and eighteen. Yeah. How about that, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Getting your money's worth right there. Right now, no. But I'm, I'm telling you, they, they feel like, and when I say they, I'm assuming it's kind of their powers that be or whatever. I know their fans are kind of jumping off the Jimbo bandwagon, but with that recruiting class. You have to give that at least a year or two to develop. You can't expect that that's just going to happen overnight. Um, he's still dealing with some stuff that he's trying to build there, but he, I mean, just had the best recruiting class ever. You got to give those chance, those guys a chance to do something. Right now, he's been averaging four losses, no better than Gus Malzahn did, except yeah. for one one year. And by the way, if you really care about these numbers, uh, his buyout for this year would be eighty five thousand one hundred fifty dollars. Eighty-five million. Eighty-five million. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next year, seventy-six million, eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And we go on down. It finally is somewhat reasonable in two thousand thirty. Nine million nine hundred fifty thousand guys. Yeah. So uh, you know, Mister Love's company, come on, come on over and, and join us, A and M fans. And to make an insult to injury, you know, when you lose to South Carolina. You know it ain't going too good, right? Because yeah. they were un- they, they were undefeated to South Carolina. Zero and eight was South Carolina against A and M until this past Saturday. Yeah. Well, and Stephen, I I said this at the beginning when it comes to Texas A and M. The one thing that I said about them this year is they they've got some talent there, but it's very very young talent. However, I keep saying this is prove it to me, Jimbo, because. That's kind of the way it has been with Jimbo Fisher. Is is He's got to prove it to me and to prove it to everybody else that he is capable of replicating what happened in 2013 at Florida State. He hasn't been uh, able to show that. That. That, was, that was pure luck, and he had uh, the um, unfortunate uh, luck on our part uh, to do what should have happened anyway. Sure. But, you know, you know he's no better than Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, I mean, no, his, his, record, no his record is not good. That's what, And, again, that's why I keep saying – Every year at the beginning of the year, all this hype is put on Texas A&M, and I keep saying, prove it to me, Jimbo. Well, now he's got a recruiting class that he just had and, his, and is still recruiting lights out even now, but you got to give that a chance to see what that young talent, once they become sophomores and juniors, what can he do? Then we'll see. Now, if he, if he can't do anything with a recruiting class like he just had, then you've got major problems that are outside of your talent base. That That – that directly shows that you're not a good coach, not a good developer of talent. If you can pull in the best recruiting class ever, quote-unquote, that they were talking about, and you still can't win games, major problem. But you still got to wait another year and maybe even a year after that when that class has grown up and become juniors and a little bit of that upperclassman experience. Then we'll see where Texas A&M is at. Well, how about this perspective, guys? I'm reading this from another website, and uh, they're talking about the, the buyouts. You know, Elon Musk is getting ready to 
uh, by our Twitter, right? Yeah. And he's getting ready to also to fire the CEO. Uh, that buyout for the CEO is, is they're going to pay him $42 million. Meanwhile, Mr. Jimbo Fisher uh, will get twice that for doing half his good job. Yeah. Think about that. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to, to uh, other uh, items here. How about the upcoming game? You know, to add insult to injury, and I don't know how much more injury and insult, uh, you know, we have to continue to take as Auburn football fans. But when I saw that line, I said, oh, my God, we're not even favored. Uh, we're an underdog to Arkansas at our place. At our place. I can't remember when the last half happened. By the way, J.J., I know you said three and a half is now four points underdog. Now, I'll tell you how much insulting and what Vegas very thinks of Auburn right here. This is from Jason Caldwell's numbers. Arkansas is ranked, hold on, 120th, 120th nationally in total defense. They've allowed 457 yards per game. And against Power 5 opposition, that number climbs to 470 yards. They're also allowing 35 points per game in those same opportunities. And we're still an underdog, guys. Yeah. What does that tell you, though, that Vegas thinks about our football team? program not very much not very much but i mean what has auburn done to prove that any different well uh according to, to those stats we shouldn't be the underdog i mean we should have a uh, field day against arkansas who's ranked again 120th in total defense and they're allowing 470 yards against power five opposition guys we're the underdogs well, the thing is, I mean, Auburn has gone up against some teams that statistically have bad defenses, and they still can't move the ball. And what does that say about Harson and our team? Well, I, I, I think it shows more about the team than Harson because I, as much as I, as much as there are things that Harson has done that I dislike, a lot of that has to do with him not uh, getting in good in the transfer portal, not recruiting well, and then there's the other, you know running players off, running coaches off, which I don't know reasons there. However, when I look at the talent that is currently on the field, a lot of that I can't blame on Harson. I have to blame that on Gus Malzahn. So as far as the team goes, it's just not talented. There's just not a lot of really good talent on that on that team. And, and, and again, I go through, you can pick any position. Look at that offensive line. Tell me an offensive lineman out there that would start anywhere else in the SEC outside of maybe Vanderbilt. Okay. Probably none. Fair enough. Fair enough, Tom. Wide receivers. Last year, well, what, last what wide year? receiver would start anywhere else in the SEC right now? Okay, Probably none. Tom, Tom, let me remind uh, all y'all Auburn listeners. Last year, no, no way we should have gone 6-6. Six and six. We should have gone at least 9-3. and three. We had Bo Jack, uh, We had Bo Nix, right? Sure. Right? Didn't have anybody yeah. around him. And we lost a 28-3 to lead. Yep. That was Harson. That wasn't Gus Malzahn. <laughs> oh, no, I know. But, I mean, the talent or the lack thereof is still one of the biggest things there. I mean, there's a lot of things. And, that and you, there's watch, a lot of things. Watch, that best coach in the world could be there. But if you don't have the talent to work with, and there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do. But he's not doing Bo very Nix. much to bring talent in here right now. I watched Bo Nix. I said, where was that, Bo? We sure didn't see him last, uh, last year. Uh, very rarely. But moving on, guys, uh, you know, I have two games that I, if, if I could have two wishes that I'd like to win, okay? And those two games are A&M and Bama. I'd love uh, 
because, you know, those old two games to me that really uh, do matter. And speaking about a time frame, we're an 11 o'clock game, right? And yep. then I saw we're, we're a 6 o'clock night game at Mississippi State. Wow. Uh, they get a night game, but we get uh, an 11 o'clock game. Speaking of Mississippi State, guys, this is how bad or good their coach is. Leach, this comes from Jason Caldwell, has been the head coach for 21 years, 21 seasons, and has lost at least four times in 17 of those 21 seasons, guys. How about that? So you think yeah. we've, we've had it bad. Okay. Yeah. And then I saw that we lost the Cavis Walker over the weekend. Yeah, uh, Kevius announced Zekevious, that he was no yeah. longer with the team. Don't know what. Don't know the whole deal with that or our, what was going our on. Fourth with. Rated, our fourth rated highest recruit from the 2020 season. Yeah, and he's no longer with us. All right, but let's not stop there. For all the Alabama listeners, I do want to hear a rebuttal from Luke, Anthony, and from Keith. Nick Saban explains why he didn't suspend your main burn after Alabama-Tennessee football game. This comes from Tuscaloosa News. Uh, did you happen to hear or read the explanation given by uh, Coach Saban and why he didn't suspend Jermaine Burton about this, what he yeah. did to that girl? Yeah, I mean, something about that Jermaine Burton was scared. Scared. He said, a, I don't know how many, I'm going to quote this, I don't know how many of you have ever been in a situation like that, but I talked to him, Saban said. He was scared. I was scared. Some of the other players were scared. I think you learn to respect other people because we have a responsibility to do that regardless of circumstances. I said, oh, no, whoa. And no reporter, uh-huh. I guess, had the wherewithal to say, uh, Coach, let me get this understanding. Your player was scared of a Tennessee Vols female well, fan? Sure. Well, it looked like a petite co-ed running past him. And I he reaches out and smacks her in the head. Not, I'm sorry, but that Nick Saban's excuse for that is complete and total 100% BS. That's all there is and, to that. That is complete and total it, BS. No, no they had, called him out on it. Well, there, there's some in the national media that are, but you know, his beat writers are careful not to cross Lord Saban because, no. goodness gracious, you, you don't want to do that when you're sitting there. But some of the national media have. Um, they, they've been on him. Yeah. Yeah, he look. He dropped the ball there. He he absolutely dropped the ball one hundred percent. There's no way that you can sit there and tell me that Jermaine Burton, one of the top stars in the SEC, at just you know a athlete at the top of his game, Jermaine Burton is quote unquote scared of a little Tennessee co-ed that is not up in his face doing anything or threatening him, just passing him by, and he reaches out and smacks her in the head. So no, that's that's an absolute BS excuse that he was scared. And Jermaine Burton was not scared of that little girl passing him. He just he was upset that he got that they got beat. He was mad and he saw the opportunity to do something. He reached out and smacked her, and he needs to be suspended. The response to him was just so weak. Uh, he went on to say that Burton is not in a counseling program, not for anger management anyway. Uh, he said, but that's not the problem. He said that's not the issue. It's about having proper respect for other people. I don't think it was necessary to suspend the guy. He says this. I'm quoting this. If you knew the whole story, maybe you wouldn't either. But I'm not going to divulge it. Wow. Well, but the thing is, and, and, and again, that, and that, I, again, so BS. 
Nick Saban was not right there, so it, it, uh, you don't know the whole story. Well, you weren't there. All you have to do is watch the video. And listen, I don't care even if that girl said something to him. If she called him the worst name possible, you still don't reach out and bust her across the face. I would assume she probably said something, probably like go Vols or said something screaming at him. She may even call him an a-hole. I don't know. It's irrelevant, Tom. Whatever it is irrelevant, right, because you are in that position as Jermaine Burton. You're a bigger, stronger guy. This is a little Tennessee co-ed. I don't care what she says to you. You don't reach out and smack her across the head and then going to turn around and go, oh, I was scared. No, you weren't. That's, that's just dumb. Jermaine Burton was not in any, not in any way scared of a little Tennessee co-ed running past him. That, that's complete and total BS to say that. And Nick Saban ought to be ashamed of himself for even going that route and believing well, that. Did you also know this? Because I didn't until I read from Philip Marshall regarding the situation. Steve Spurrier, when he was coached both at South Carolina and at Florida, said that if any of his players ever struck a female for, for any reason whatsoever, they would no longer be on the team. Sure. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's a like a... That's a no longer being on the team type thing. Even if you smack a dude, uh, just a, a non-player, say it was not a female, say it was a guy, it was a you know a, a male Tennessee fan running past him and he reached out and smacked him, he has no business doing that. You should be suspended for that too. Now, the fact that it was a female amp, ramps it up even more. If you're a football player like that, you keep your hands to yourself. You don't hit anybody. I don't care what they're saying to you and what they're doing. Unless they are just physically assaulting you and you have to defend yourself, there's absolutely no reason for you to be putting your hands on anybody. Steve, give us your final thought, and then we got to get out of here. Okay, uh, final thought. This Saturday, if you guys go to the game, um, you're going to see a remarkable person get an award. Who's that? Mr. Steve Wilson. He was on the Amazons team in 1972. He's a junior linebacker, and... He is going to be receiving an award for, uh, I guess, his outstanding uh, professional and, and, and personal life. He's going to be getting the prestigious Walter Gilbert, Gilbert Award, and all of his teammates will be there to honor him uh, for this award. Steve Wilson, who's also now an attorney. So he was on the, uh, the 72 Masons team. I just wanted to bring that up uh, in a positive note about uh, what you'll be seeing. I guess maybe halftime, I don't know, but Steve Wilson will be there to receive this prestigious award from Auburn. So if you didn't know it, as Brad Law would say, now you do. There we go. We love it. We love it. Okay. Well, Steve, well, thank you for the call thought, today. I can't wait to see the Phillies beat the cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> Phillies Astros in the World Series. That's exactly right. And, it starts uh, on Friday. Brian will be there tomorrow? He will indeed. Yes, he will indeed. I gotta ask him. I gotta ask him. Holy crap. Big stuff happening what? in the NFL. What? Yeah. Well, talk about being roasted, but I'll leave that for another time. Thank you guys for your time. I so appreciate it, and uh, I'm waiting to hear it. You get around to it now. Is this JJ okay? That's right. Exactly. I got to get to it. Got to get to work. Thank you, Steve. My time is way up. Y'all stay safe. Have a safe afternoon. And no matter what someone tells you, it's War Eagle always. War Eagle. Thank you so much, Steve. That's retired Ward Am Steve. 334-887-3401. It's no longer just my mom and dad or grandma people Uh, trying to get me married ASAP. Uh, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Tony from Tuskegee. Tony has called in. Hi, Tony. Yeah, how y'all doing? Good. How are Good. you, how sir? How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I was just listening to 
the guy Steve. That's right. Uh, uh, about the situation in Tuscaloosa with, well, it happened in Tennessee with Jermaine Burke. Yeah. But, you know, I don't condone what he did. But um, in a situation like that, you coaching the football team, like Bobby Bowden say, you don't put your best playoff to be a how they handling it internally, I don't know, but it ain't a lot of stuff happened, you know, worse than that. And it might not get around to but people don't you they don't suspend a lot of a lot of their players. You're not gonna suspend in, in a course. Now if somebody like Kent State was coming up, he may have been suspended this game. He may have been suspended Saturday. Sure, and and, but, and I'm sorry, but that's dumb. Uh, that Jermaine Burton well, deserved well, to be suspended. Well, well, I don't care I how I don't care that. how good when, he is. He smacked the crap out of a female for no reason. And if anything else happens on the field, they don't suspend him. Okay, well, it's not on camera. This is on video. You can clearly see him smack the pee out of this girl that was going past him for no reason. Well, you know, you don't keep him on the team to start. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, like I say, uh, Bobby Bowden said in certain, certain, certain things, he said he can handle them. As Bobby Bowden said, he would never put his best play off the team. You know, they have, they sent the guy to counseling, whatever they did internally. You know, I think the NCAA, the NCAA should come to some type of agreement with what they did other than um, suspending him for a game. But you know, like I said, I don't condone it. No, I well, I mean, you know, I, I know don't you don't condone, condone it, you know. But but whatever it, should be done, you know. Like I said, I'm not going to agree with him smacking in it by the was another guy walking to the stand. Sure, you know. But like I said, it goes up even more when it when it's a a, a yeah, big a male and he same. smacks a female like that for no reason. That, yeah. that just that adds a whole different level of it. And I, I'm sorry, no matter what kind of internal stuff they did running bleachers or whatever that that does not that does not pun that punishment does not fit what he did i mean that was deserving of a suspension 100 percent. and the but fact that know, the fact that he was know, right back out there starting the, the like nothing ever even happened yeah, I, know, that's that's wrong if, that's if, very if that wrong. was the case you know if that was the case suspending him one game wouldn't matter why not just throw him off the team if suspension i mean if it, you know a deal like that, then should have just thrown, you know, put him off the team indefinitely. I I think a suspend if they had suspended him, there would have still been some people that would have said, "Oh no, you just got to kick him off the team." But you're not going to have as much uh, people saying how bad this is if they had just suspended him for a game. Most of the folks like me would have been like, "All right, you know." Listen, it was the heat of the moment. The girl may have said something to him and caused that reaction, which is not an excuse for it. You don't do that. But I think it's at least if you suspended him for a game, you're showing as a coach that you're being proactive with it. You're showing that that is unacceptable. You will miss a game. You will sit out a game if you pull something like that. And that's what you set the precedent. Because if you just go, oh, we're going to handle it internally, and talk to him and go, oh, he was scared. He was scared of a little blonde girl jogging past him onto the field, so he reached out and smacked the crap out of her because he was scared of a little co-ed. I'm sorry. Yeah. That doesn't make any damn yeah, I'm sense. Not, I'm not saying if, if, that, if that was, you know, if you don't suspend him, you know, just run him on out of Tuscaloosa. No. 
Yeah, but Nick, Nick, um, one thing, you know, the way the ups and downs this season, I mean, I don't think he himself for some reason. Something going wrong that tough Tony, we certainly do appreciate your thoughts and comments there on the show. we got to take a break here at the end of the hour, okay? All right, that's our pal Tony joining us there on the phone line. A lot to be said about the Jermaine Burton situation there in Tuscaloosa, about the future of both the uh, Alabama football program, and also we've got Auburn football. It's going to be played this week against Arkansas. A lot to do, a lot to accomplish here as we've concluded the first hour of Sports Call here today on a Monday. Alongside Cam Berry and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. And what a fun first hour we had with a lot of great phone calls. Coming up at 4.30, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers will join us on today's program to discuss everything else going on in the wide world of sports and also with this Auburn Tigers team getting set for their game coming up on Saturday against Arkansas. Tom, the phone line started to pick up as we got closer to the end of hour number one. Yeah, uh, well, the whole uh, Jermaine Burton situation from two weeks ago against Tennessee came up just because he started uh, this game this this past week against Mississippi State. And, uh, yeah, big questions on whether he should have been suspended or not, but he was not. Uh, and then Nick Saban's words about it just – I, it's it's not good. Uh, Nick Saban dropped the ball on that one. For as much as you can love Nick Saban for how he is as a football coach, that type of situation right there, he completely dropped the ball on. There, there's no reason at all that Jermaine should have been playing in that game this weekend. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 We want to hear your thoughts on the matter, on everything else taking place 
in the SEC football world. As we go to our phone lines for the first time this hour, Chris from Valley is on the line with us. What's going on, Chris? Nothing much, guys. Just on the way home from work, and I wanted to give you guys a call in because I realized today, and I'm not getting on the brain first uh, situation. I, I have my own opinions about it, and I 100% am, am, am with you 100%. It wasn't handled the right way, but I, I don't even want to talk about it. I just I, I want to talk about some football, and, and, and that's what I, I, I'm calling in for today. And I don't know if you guys realize it, but for the, I think first time in I don't know how long, for me to remember, but next weekend, a lot of people are forgetting that LSU could win the West if they beat Bama in LSU next weekend. And not only that, Tennessee and Georgia play for the East. Like, both both sides are up for grabs next week, which is the, the first time in that I can remember in years that this is legitimately could be a possibility because Bama's not as strong as they normally are. And Tennessee looked really good against Bama. Now, how they look against Georgia, I mean, who knows? But um, I wanted to get your your take on that and see what you guys, you know, what how you think it played out. I know we're a week away from that, but uh, but I'm really excited about next week. I think uh, I think it's going to shape up uh, the landscape of college football for sure. Yeah, now it's uh, it, it's shaping up to be an incredible week when that rolls around here. Um, if everybody takes care of business. Uh, if Tennessee can go into Athens and beat Georgia, then they deserve. I, I'm not going to say number one because I think at that point you got to put Ohio State there. But if Tennessee goes into Athens and wins after they've already beaten Alabama and then they they turn around and beat Georgia, they deserve to be number one. No, that's number one for me. No, I'm sorry. They deserve. I say they deserve to be number one. They would put Ohio State there just because they shouldn't. If Ohio State, well, I know if they if Ohio State takes care of business, they're not going to drop them out. So, Ohio State would be number one, but Tennessee would be absolutely deserving of the number one spot. If they can go into Athens and win, then they deserve it, uh, and, and they deserve all the accolades that come to that. Now, as far as that Alabama LSU game goes, I, I yeah, okay, it's going to be for, it's going to be for the West. I get it. If Alabama loses to LSU, then then something is definitely going on with Alabama because Bama fans might not know what to. Do they with will themselves. not know what to do with themselves. LSU is <laughs> LSU is still not that good. Now they no, what they just did against Ole Miss was that was impressive. Team. But then again, it's also important to remind people because Chris is on the line with us as well. Uh, with that LSU and Alabama game, yes, the West is still up for grabs. If Alabama wins that game. And if Ole Miss wins their next two games, then Ole Miss plays Alabama, mm-hmm. and all that Ole Miss would need to do is beat Alabama, and all of a sudden it's Ole Miss that right. comes out as your SEC West champion. So just because oh. Ole Miss got bodied this past week versus LSU, the Rebels still can make a case to win the sure. SEC West. Uh, the only thing I'm saying, guys, and I get your point, LSU beating Alabama, it seems absurd. But, guys, this is college football. This, this is college football. I mean, this is in Baton Rouge, and I, and I get it. I, I understand. I get it. You know, Bama, big bad Bama coming to town. LSU's got problems. But, guys, LSU looked terrible. I mean, you, you know, they looked terrible all year. But somehow they're 6-2 and two going into this game. I just – with Brian Kelly, I feel like they're improving what they did last week. Like, I just – I feel like it could, but, you know, who, who knows? I mean, 
that's all, that's all I'm saying. It's college football. Sure. Anything can happen. Sure, uh, uh, it, anything can happen. Uh, you know, I'm I'm one of those. I, I definitely like to look at trends, and with Alabama, it, they're one of those teams that even if they slip up and lose one through the year, they they usually don't lose another one. Uh, you know, it's it's very very rare that that happens. Uh, it's almost like a loss kind of wakes them up, and so uh, I there are some issues with Alabama, uh, especially on defense. That, that's the big thing right now. Their defense is, is looks very very vulnerable. Where in the past it was like hey, good luck good luck scoring at all on their defense. Their defense looks very vulnerable, um, but I you're gonna have to outscore that offense because that offense is not losing pace anytime soon. And now you got Bryce back healthy. Uh, and, I mean, the best quarterback in the country in my opinion, and and he's got the weapons all around him. So if you're gonna beat Alabama, you're gonna have to score in the forties. Uh, just like you saw Tennessee do. I mean, Tennessee beat them, and, I mean, that was a just crazy outscoring. I mean, you just outscored them. And so that's what somebody like LSU is going to have to do. I just don't think LSU has the offensive firepower to do that, to, to hang with them. Even though it is in Baton Rouge, I get it. LSU's just they're, – they're still trying to get some things figured out. It was a hell of a win by LSU this weekend, not taking anything away from that. But when you're looking at them compared to Alabama – uh, good luck. I, I just I don't see LSU being able to score enough points to keep up with Alabama. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, next thing uh, doesn't have to do with the SEC. What did you guys uh, take on Clemson pulling DJ out? I, I felt like it. I felt like it should have happened sooner, early yeah. in the year. I really do. I, I feel like I, I can't remember his name. Cade Clubnick. Yeah. yeah, Clubnick. Look, man, when they pulled him in for the Georgia Tech, I mean, he only got a few throws. But it, it seemed like DJ's job was up for grabs, and uh, I kind of felt like it would be sooner than what it yeah. was. But they needed a spark, and they got yeah, it. That, so that, they they needed to find a way to win, and Clubnick gave yeah. it to them. Yeah, I really think that's all it is. I I don't think DJ's job was ever really in danger. He's playing a lot better than he was last season. Um, the numbers back it up. He's playing a lot more consistently. Consistently, that was a bad game, I will say, and he did need to be benched. And that was a good move by uh, Dabo Sweeney. Cade Klubnik came in and provided the the perfect spark. But he said at the end of the game that DJ's their quarterback. He's going to be the starter uh, as as the weeks progress on, and and that's just how it's going to be. Cade's probably going to get his chance next year, and that's just you know what it is. I don't know. I I feel <laughs> I, I I get it. I, it's kind of like we were at the beginning of the season. TJ's our QB. Yeah. TJ, TJ is going to be that QB. And until another game or two, um, which, you know, it's the ACC, so Clemson may not struggle the rest of the season. I mean, I don't, I don't know Clemson's uh, schedule, but, you know, they may, not, they may not struggle again. You know, they make it to the playoffs, uh, you know, then we, we may see what happens, but – yeah, I can see that. But I wouldn't be surprised to... if either scenario plays out. I just think the the ceiling is uh, crazy for Cade Klubnik. We, uh, I think he's got a lot of potential for sure. I agree, hundred hundred percent. But guys, that's all. That's all I wanted to call. Chris, about. thanks, I man. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, enjoy talking to you guys as usual. We'll talk yes, to you sir. soon. That's Chris from Valley joining us on the program. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. Alabama, Auburn, Clemson. Whatever you want to talk about in the football world, we've got NFL storylines and more. Give us a call, 334-887-3401. Luke from Alex City. Luke is up next here on Sports Call. Hey, Luke. Hey, guys. How's it going? Very well. How are you, sir? It's doing good. Good to um, hear. I guess when 
Uh, I guess when somebody mentions you by name, you have to call in and just uh, at least give your opinion. <laughs> Steve but, wanted uh, to hear, yeah. Yeah, listen, let, let me start off by saying I would have certainly suspended him for a game. I was at the game, and um, when I saw his name announced, as, it, it was weird. I don't think they announced the starters. They had, like, several wide receivers listed, and he was one of them. I was like, okay, I, maybe, he's not, maybe he's playing. And then he didn't make a catch for the second quarter, and I didn't even notice him on the field until then. So when he, when he made the catch, I was like, wow, I didn't even know he was in the game. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, and so I want to, again, go on record saying I disagree with Saban on this. I would have definitely suspended him for a game, uh, regardless of context. But I will say, I'm not as full of righteous indignation as Tom is. I mean, look, the video, when you hear Tom describe it, it sounds like he, it was like Ray Rice hitting his fiance in the elevator. It wasn't like that. Now, it was, it, I, I'm not defending it. Please understand that. Um, and that's what's so hard about even having this conversation is that everybody just loves to say it's black or white. You either hit her or you didn't. And, and I get that. I have two daughters. I, if somebody lays a hand on them, it's going to be a problem. Yep. So, I mean, I totally get it. Um, that being said, uh, I don't think it was quite as bad as I think Tom used the term knock the pee out of her. I mean, she, you know, he's a big dude. Like she said, he's a football player and she's a smaller co-ed. And she didn't, it's not like she hit the ground. Um, so, and it, again, I'm just giving some context. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. And he also pointed out, and this is one thing I did agree with Saban on. Saban was like, I know the full story and y'all don't. Now, they've made, I'm also of the opinion I would have suspended him no matter what she said. But there are some things that can be said that can set off certain people. And, um, you know, we don't know what she said. So, again... I would have suspended him. I think it would have certainly saved everybody a lot of heartache and a lot of explanation if he had been suspended. I don't think it makes Jermaine Burton the worst person in the world. And here's the other question I have. Like, if, if, if this is all, and, and it is bad, please understand that. I'm wondering why, if, if, if this was totally unprovoked, if this had nothing to do with, you know, she was just minding her business, why didn't you file charges? Well, I mean, there, there's talk. There's talks of that happening. Uh, I, in okay, fact, I, I saw. Did, I, mean, I saw something where there's a potential civil suit uh, going to come out of this because and, and Alabama didn't do anything about it. Wait, wait a minute. Why would the Why would Alabama be sued? If they If they did not take action, then then what I guess action? they could. Well, I mean, a suspension or something. Wait, well, like I said, wait I, a and, minute. Well, I'm he just, didn't sue Alabama because he didn't he didn't sit out a game. That didn't make any sense. I, I'm, well, I mean, I'm just saying it's it's the story that I saw that there's potential civil suit stuff going there. But hey, listen, I, the one thing I wanted to say, and I say smack the pee out of her. I I was not there. All I saw was the video. He may have just barely tapped her. So I'll back off of the smack the pee out of her because I didn't see that. All right, but here's the thing, Nick Saban needs to be honest about what happened. If if he believes that he barely touched her, he needs to say, listen, that's unacceptable. You can't put your hands on her. But it 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 looked worse than it was. He he, did, he barely made contact. I mean, at least be honest with it. Don't sit there and try to tell us that he was scared. That, that's crazy. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Me, he was not scared of this little girl me, jogging past him. Again, again, 
I understand. And, and if I, she pulled out a I knife did. and threatened to stab him, then okay, well, maybe. Yeah, but Tom, I mean, come Tom, on. You keep going to hyperbole here, and I think look, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Here's my thing. And again, for the tenth time, I would have suspended him. Sure. It, it was just the easy. It was the easy way to say, okay, this placates everything, no matter what happens. That makes the most sense to me. I mean, I, I, w- I would have gone path of least, least resistance and suspended. But now, as far as the scared thing goes, I also disagree with Saban, and I agree with you to this extent. I think he used poor language. Look, I've been to Auburn. In two, uh, 2019 comes to mind. I've been to LSU a gazillion times. I've been to Knoxville a gazillion times. And people will have the same experience in Tuscaloosa that aren't fans of Alabama. When you're leaving the stadium, I'm, I'm going to use Auburn 2019 specifically. I mean, I'm a pretty tall dude, older guy. I was wearing only an Alabama script pay shirt or a vest with nothing else. No hands teeth, no, you know, anything bad about Auburn, nothing. No shaker. You know, that was the game Alabama dunked the field goal, right? Sure. And I'm talking about as I'm leaving, you wouldn't even know when I was in Alabama. So you'd have to know what you were looking for. Right. And I'm talking about people coming up to you, shooting birds in your face, shaking shakers in your face. That's not an Auburn thing. That's an everywhere thing. I get it. Sure. My point is, imagine you're on the field and a bunch of crazed people come out of the stands. And now all of a sudden, you're in a position where you're like, I don't know any of these people. I don't, you know, Saban's got security around it. None of the football players do. And, and you can say, well, they're big. Yeah, but I mean, there's t- tens of thousands of people on the field. So that's my argument for don't ever storm the field. Everybody says how fun it is. Well, that's great until something like this happens. And if she wants to file a civil suit, the one person, the one group I would see is the University of Tennessee for not preventing her from going onto the field. That's the only person I think you can see. And again, Jermaine Burton should have been suspended. And I think Nick Saban, just like he did this summer with uh, the choice of words about Jimbo Fisher's recruiting class, he used a very poor choice of words. And I, I think that's the, his crime. And Jermaine Burton shouldn't do that. I don't care no matter what happens, and I definitely would have suspended him, but it's over now. Now, talking football just for a second, you know, one thing else you said, Tom, you said Alabama's defense is a problem. The defense is fine. The defense leads statistically in a lot of categories. I mean, national. The, the, prob- the, the Tennessee game is an outlier. The problem is Bryce Young is still hurt, and if you, you should, everybody should be able to notice that from the Mississippi State game. He had a couple of plays where it looked like there was a hitch in his giddy-up. I mean, it just the ball wasn't coming out of his hand right, and that's going to be the problem because if Bryce Young can't play, I mean, forget Ole Miss, forget winning the West, they're not going to beat LSU. And I'm with you that Alabama's a lot better than LSU, but without Bryce Young, that, that becomes an even matchup at 6 o'clock in Death Valley very, very quickly. And, um, that, you know, I think that could be a problem. So the key, is, uh, and one thing, that's what Fagan said after the game, is that Bryce has barely been practicing. And so uh, the, the, the team was really off. And, look, I can speak to all Alabama fans when I say Pete Golden has no more heat on him right now. All the heat's on Bill O'Brien. So, anyway, again, to, to summarize, for the thousandth times, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. Jermaine Burton should have been suspended a game, if not a little bit more. I'm right. totally on board with that. And, um you know, I, I don't think there's any other way to say that. And I think Saban made a poor choice. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the the one thing I'll say uh, as far as Alabama goes, th- their defense. 
it, it's so yes, they've got they're leading a lot of st- uh, statistical things. But see, here's the thing: Alabama is so good that even when there's some vulnerabilities there, and that's all I'm saying is they're still good. They are still one of the best defenses in the country. However, they have shown some vulnerability, especially in their secondary. They've shown some vulnerability there. But also when you're just that dadgum good as they are, that when you have a vulnerability, it seems to stick out a little bit more because we're just not used to seeing that at all. So, yeah, while they are leading in some uh, statistical categories, you see a vulnerability there. I also do know there are some questions, especially with Bill O'Brien. There's a lot of people who are not very happy with Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator with some of the play calls and some of the decisions there. But but really, my whole talk with that Alabama defense, it's it's vulnerable. And, and, and that's all I'm saying. And it's mainly in the secondary. There's some things there that uh, they, they look like they can get uh, caught sometimes. But they're still really, really good. It just – because they're so good when there's that one thing that – is not as good as the rest. It kind of sticks out a little bit more like a sore thumb. Yeah, I think the um, look. It's not the best, the defense that we all thought it would be at the beginning of the year, and I think that's what makes some people look at it that way for sure. Sure. Uh, as far as as far as Bill O'Brien goes, I've officially started just calling him Bill O'Brien because he doesn't deserve the O. I can tell you that. So, all right, y'all have a good day. Uh, Thanks, Luke. Appreciate the call. That's incredibly creative, no. Bill Bryan. No. Instead of O'Brien, offense, if people can't catch up to speed, I like spelling out the jokes for people. Good job. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well done. Thanks for the phone call, Luke. Certainly do appreciate that perspective. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in and be part of the show. That's actually going to take us to our next break. When we come back from break, our good buddy Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Undercover will be with us on Sports Call next here. Tiger 95.9 FM. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back in. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, Cam Barry. Want to let you know that the Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. As uh, we want to now take this opportunity to go and chat with our good pal, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, who's joining us here on the show. Jason, we appreciate the time with you again here today on a Monday. How'd you spend the bye weekend? Yeah, guys, it, it was good. Just uh, just high school football and uh, then watched some football on Saturday. So it was a good bye week and uh, kind of ready to get rolling again. What, what high school games did you take in? Did uh, Carver, uh, Montgomery, and Pike Road on Thursday night, and then Montgomery Catholic and Andalusia on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Well, and so the reason I asked that, obviously recruiting is a big thing, and in this bye week, that's kind of what everybody was looking at. Uh, who are some of those top guys at some of those games that are on Auburn's radar? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, 
Thursday night at, at Carver Montgomery and having you know five stars, James Smith, Quay Rusaw on the field, uh, you know, a couple of defensive linemen, pass rusher, and then more of a true inside guy in James Smith. And so that was, you know, two of those guys on Thursday night. But you know, on the other side, uh, Malik Blockton is, is a 2024 defensive lineman, the younger brother of Marcus Harris, and that plays for Pike Road. So um, that was uh, really the main guys on Thursday night. And then you know, Friday night, uh, Auburn running back commitment, Jeremiah Cobb from, from Catholic, um, 2023 running back. And then, you know, on the other side, the Andalusia, 2024, Jamarian Burnett is one of the top junior running backs in the country. And, the, you know, big physical kind of Derrick Henry looking running back a little bit. Uh, he's not quite that big, but so those were the main guys on Friday night. So, uh, you know, got to see some, uh, some pretty good players for a couple of nights. One week away from the high school playoffs getting started. How does 7A shape up to you this year, Jason, as we get set for a playoff run? Yeah, you know, you're looking. Um, a couple of a couple of hiccups from, from teams on both sides. But, it, I, you know, really I just I think it's, I'd find it hard to believe that it's not going to be Auburn and Central in the south and, uh, you know, Thompson and Hoover in the north. It just feels like it's going to be a rematch of those two games um, before all is said and done. Um you know, this it's it's two really interesting games. You know, Thompson ended up playing an eighth grade quarterback some on Friday night and you know, if they stick with him it can he be wow. kind of a spark plug. Uh you know, Hoover Hoover has I think they I think they got ten straight shutout quarters for them. Uh, their defense is averaging giving up about eight points a game and you know, the Auburn Hoover played the first game of the season. They've seen each other. Um I ain't really interesting dynamics in uh in seven A but uh, you know, obviously Auburn um, you know, they they did not play well against Central. Central had a lot to do with that. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if those teams can match up again. Jason Caldwell is here with us from inside the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Undercover. Uh, are there any possible commitments on the horizon for this Auburn football squad? What does that look like? Yeah, I think right now you're looking, uh, you know, trying to get guys back on campus. There'll be, you know, a couple of official visit guys this weekend. And so you start to look at, you know, maybe potential possibilities there. One of them is a guy like Colton Hood. He's committed to Michigan State right now, but um, you know has ties to Auburn. Uh, Roger Hood is his uncle, so there's some connections there for him in Auburn. So, you know, you start to see some of those things, but you know, you look now and it's you, know, you get to down to this point in the year, and normally guys that are going to commit have already made it, or maybe have set a commitment date. The rest of the guys, you know, maybe right around the December signing day, or even hold off till February. So it usually slows down a little bit this time of year as guys start to focus on. You know, playoffs for some of those guys, and, and then for other guys, you know, uh, start to take really some of those official visits here at the end of the year. Tons of talk this week as Auburn gets set to take on Arkansas about the rushing attack for the Razorbacks. Just tell us how good they've been as an offense running the football. Yeah, they've been really good offensively. You know, like I said, running it, and, and KJ Jefferson's gotten better throwing the football as well. Uh, you know, they had a lot of passing yards against BYU, and they've done some things. They're just really dangerous offensively, and and you know, for this Auburn defense. You know, had their their issues against Ole Miss. Um, how much can you um, kind of rebound and, and regroup in a bye week? Can you get healthy? Can you uh, get your legs back under you a little bit? There's no question. You look at this Auburn defense, and you know that was an issue. You could see it starting against Georgia, and then it carried over to Ole Miss. They were just kind of dead legged a little bit, and, and it showed up in that run game. And can you get some of that back? Um, you know, it's not at all a depth on this defense, defense, and especially on the defensive line. And so, um, how well you can answer that and 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 withstand that rushing attack is going to be big because they'll tempo, they'll do some of the similar things that Ole Miss did. And um, you know, a lot of it may be determined by what Auburn's offense does. 
you know, they helped out some against Ole Miss, but the early turnovers put them in, in, in too big of a hole. And, you know, uh, that offense, defense work together, um, you know, how well you adjust and, 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 and figure that out against Arkansas is going to be a big deal. What Auburn football players do you think uh, benefited most from this bye week coming this week, Jason? Yeah, I think it has to be those defensive guys. When I think about Derek Hall and Colby Wooden, Owen Papo, um, you know, Marcus Harris, those guys, they played so many snaps. And then, you know, the secondary guys that played a ton of snaps, a guy like Donovan Kaufman, I think about. So, to me, Zion Puckett, those are the guys I think about when I think about the benefits of, of you know, this bye week and, and how important it was for them. And so, um, I think that's probably where it starts for me. I think for everybody it's big. But for those defensive guys that have played so much football here for this team, especially the last month or so, um, you know, it, it has to be very beneficial. So then what can this offense do for Auburn coming out of the bye week, taking on an Arkansas squad? A lot about the Arkansas offense, but Auburn's got the football. It's a Tigers possession. What does that look like? What will be successful for Auburn on Saturday? I, I, I could see it being very similar to Ole Miss. I don't, this Arkansas defense is not very good. Um, they lost a lot of bodies. Uh, they line got a couple linebackers that are really good players, and Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer, um, you know, is one of those guys in Buffalo Pool is the other guy. But their front's not real good. They're one of the worst teams in the country against the pass. Um, so I think for Auburn, you know, just if you can just avoid turnovers, you're going to move the football. And you're going to have a chance to score points, and we saw that against Ole Miss. I think it's going to be very similar against Arkansas, and you find a way to make those things happen. Um, because if you can, then then that helps out your defense, um, keeps them off the field some. And so um, there's going to be opportunities for this Auburn offense. Can they cash in? What did you make of LSU and Ole Miss on Saturday? Yeah, honestly, I picked LSU. Um, I didn't think it was going to be like quite like it was, but um, I didn't think LSU was real good. But then I saw Ole Miss in person, especially defensively, and I just didn't think that they were going to stop anybody. And that showed up Saturday. That That's a very porous defense, to say the least. And uh, – thought LSU's defense would be enough to slow down Ole Miss at times, and it was. And so, um, yeah, I think it's an Ole Miss team that can score on just about anybody, but I just don't see them stopping anybody that's any good on offense. And so um, that's going to be the concern for them. But you know, LSU, you got to give them credit. When they were here you know, for Auburn, I thought that was a, a pretty bad LSU roster. Um, they've gotten better and better. Jaden Daniels has, has come on and made some plays and been, been much better in the past game. And so – um, yeah, you got to give them credit for, for, for picking up their game here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Jason, looking across the state over at Alabama, uh, obviously they, they lose that game to Tennessee, but they bounce back. Are, are there some concerns about Alabama that you've seen? Or, or you know, you lose a game and it's kind of like they've done in the past, lose a game, but then they just kind of roll on through the rest of the year. What are you looking at with the Crimson Tide? Yeah, you know, I, I think a team like LSU and Baton Rouge could – could do some things because it's, it's all about pass defense for them. Um, my concern for Alabama is is that they still don't look like they want to run the football. They can run it, but they don't look like they want to. And and will they get back to finding that groove? Because uh, I think that's the, the the strength they have is their running game. Jameer Gibbs and kind of leaning on it some. And and Bryce Young's really good, but their receivers aren't great. They're not dynamic like they have been in the past. I you know I think they're they're still really good. There's no question about that. You know, you look and go, what's left for them? I, they'll be able to run it and score on, on Ole Miss and do some of those things. The LSU game is the interesting one, but Tennessee, Tennessee's good enough to beat Georgia um, because they can score points in bunches and they don't create, make a lot of mistakes. And so Alabama ran into that buzzsaw um, a couple of weeks ago. 
still had a chance to win the game. So I don't, I don't take away a whole lot from Alabama other than the fact that they, you know, they got to find a way to be able to run the football. It's the voice of Jason Caldwell. You can follow him on Twitter at ITAT Jason. As we get closer to the start of the men's basketball season, coming up uh, two weeks from today, Auburn will take on George Mason. Uh, what's the squad looking like? A week removed from SEC tip off, and like we said, knowing that they're two weeks away from the start of a new year. Yeah, you know, it's a, I think it's a deep team once again. Um, when you start talking about you know the the potential lineup changes and the, the things you can do there. I think this is going to be a, a physical, inside-out team that, that's going to be Janai Broom and, and Yohan Traore and Jalen Williams and, and those guys. That's going to be the strength of this team in terms of offensively, I believe. I just don't think this is going to be a great three-point shooting team. Um, maybe when Chance Wester gets back, then he brings a lot of that to the table. But I think this is going to be a more physical defense. Um, you know, Tempo doing some of those things. I think that's, that's the, the strength of this team. But they can run a lot of people at you, and they're going to play hard, and they're going to be physical. And so um, I think a little bit different than we've seen the last couple of years, but um, I think they got a chance to be pretty good once again. Give me a little more of a breakdown on, on the freshman not named Trey Orr when you talk about uh, someone like Trey Donaldson and then Chance Westry, as you said. Give us a little bit of a breakdown of those guys. Yeah, Trey Donaldson I really like. I think he's going to be the ultimate consummate point guard for this team down the road, and I think he's going to continue to see his role grow this year. But He's he's a physical guy. He's much more athletic than people might give him credit for. Um, so I think Trey Donaldson's one of those guys. He reminds me a little bit of Doc Robinson for the for the you know the, I won't say old school basketball fans, but for the little little more mature Auburn basketball fans, a little bit more of a Doc Robinson guy that could score a bunch if he wanted to. But he's a he's a facilitator, and then Chance Westry, shooter can can put the ball on the floor. Uh, he's he's probably the best offensive skill player on this team in terms of just what he brings to the table. Um, you know, how quickly can he get back and, and knock the rust off after, you know, his, his surgery? That'll be the key for them. But uh, Chance is a guy that can, uh, I think, a guy that can bring some range to this offense. I, I, I'm glad you chose your words carefully there because, you know, I was a Doc Robinson guy back in the day. So I'm glad you yeah, didn't call me old. I, of course, you'd be calling yourself old too there, Jason. All right. Yeah. Well, I know, I know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're talking about basketball, how about that uh, NBA game tonight? Uh, Jabari versus Walker. Both of them making their early noise in the NBA, and now they're going to go up against each other uh, here early in the in the season. Yeah, you know, and it's different different stages of where they are. Jabari's a guy that Houston's counting on to to be much more of a presence for this team, while Walker's a guy that you know playing kind of a role player for them at the moment, coming off the bench and doing some things. And so, a little bit different take for those guys, but obviously huge marquee night for Auburn basketball to have those two going up against each other. Tell me about the Auburn Undercover podcast this week, Jason. What's the plan yeah. there? Yeah, we'll have lots of previews, obviously, of Arkansas heading into the week. We'll have a roundtable later in the week as well. And then, you know, opponent podcast coming, uh, you know, late Saturday night, early Sunday, uh, late Friday night, early Saturday morning from, from Nathan and, you know, one of our guys from Arkansas as well. So lots of previews and, uh, and heading into the to another big Saturday. Always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's our good pal Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. And he's joining us here on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 We take our final break of this hour. When we come back, James from Montgomery is on the line. We talk with James right after this.
Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show here in the state of Alabama. Thanks to the Alabama Broadcasters Association for deeming Sports Call the best sports talk show in the state of Alabama. Can't be done without your support and without the help of all of our amazing callers. If you would like to be a part of the program, dial us 334-887-3401 or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Kim Barry taking your phone calls, and we want to keep the phone calls going right now as we take this opportunity to go to the phone lines. And joining us on the show, we've got... James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call here today. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, sir. War Eagle. Yeah, do you think that Auburn would win this game this weekend at 11 a.m. against Arkansas? Do you really think that uh, Brian Hartson is going to do the job this weekend? Yeah, there, there's definitely a chance that uh, Auburn can win this game. You know, they've had the bye week, and they've got some guys that have been able to heal up. Um, and, and it's just a winnable game. I mean, it, you know, any game is winnable in Jordan Hare. We already know that. We already know that. Um, and this Arkansas team, you know, their defense isn't great. Uh, the offense, the last time they were out there against Ole Miss, against a not so great defense, they were hitting on all cylinders. So there's definitely a chance. Um, well, at least in the run game, they were hitting. Um, there, there is definitely a chance that Auburn can win this game. Yeah, because I was looking at earlier today. I was looking at. The uh, game uh, predictions for these last five games that we have on our schedule, and uh, they were saying that we to Arkansas, we will win against Texas A&M, we will lose to Western Kentucky and Alabama. But I think we would win at home against Arkansas. We will win on the road uh, at Texas A&M, uh, Western Kentucky. And the Iron Bowl. So I'm looking at maybe the end, the end um, of these five games that we have, we will be uh, six and two, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure how that record quite works out. We're three and four right now, but if we won five more games, that'd be eight wins on the year for Auburn, and that would be awesome. Okay, okay. I see, I see. So we'll yeah yeah because I'm I'm actually looking at the five games that we're trying to win and then the two games that we lost so I'm just trying to like piece like to like piece together the the winning um, the record. record yeah yeah we've lost yeah. four games this season unfortunately so Auburn's currently got three wins and four losses. Okay, so we'll be well we'll probably go I probably say eight and four this year there you go that would be a good final record if auburn were to win every game left on their schedule yeah because i'm looking at this uh big game that we're going to play this weekend against arkansas i know we're going to have um i'm hoping we're not going to have any turnovers but i think we're going to have some great great guys that are going to step up on the defensive side of the ball as well with playing big speed and um um 
Papo and and other uh, defensive players on on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and and I'm thinking I'm thinking that Robert Ashford. I think he's going to have a great season this year. Owen Papo is a defensive player. Tank Bigsby is a running back, so he's not going to be on the defense. But yeah, I would love to see these last five games be good from Robbie Ashford. I think that his play at quarterback is going to be important. You got to have productive quarterback play. Yeah, that's well because I I actually put uh, Robert Ashford in the NFL like I put him like in the NFL bracket, and I'll probably compare him to I'll say like uh, let me see I'll probably compare Robert Ashford to like uh, Ben Roethlisberger for the for the. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as well. That's really interesting. Roethlisberger is much bigger than Robbie Ashford is. I'm curious why you compare those two. Well, because of his um, of his agility on as a quarterback, he's very he's like very smooth with his with his way of running the field as well. Okay, I could possibly see that. You call him Robert Ashford a lot, James, but he goes by Robbie. Okay, okay. I do apologize on that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's Robbie yeah. Ashford is his name. Robbie. Yeah, Robbie Ashford. My my apologies as well. It's okay. It's okay. It's just yeah, like my name's not. technically Joshua, but I go by JJ. Everybody calls me JJ. Yeah. So you know, I'm trying to get to like know some of the new uh, football players for yeah. Auburn this year. If you ever meet Ashford, make sure you call him Robbie. Yeah, or I can call him Rob for short. <laughs> or you can call, <laughs> or you can call him Rob for short. That's right. That's right. Yeah, as well. Because I mean, with this game that I'm looking at this weekend, I think this will be a high-scoring game. And for this game that we're playing against Arkansas, I will say Auburn 56, Arkansas 26. That's one of your most popular scores, 56 to 26. That'd be a big win for Auburn. Yes, as well, and then I'm going to be watching some other games as well. I know, um, I know Alabama. They will be playing LSU, so I have LSU favored to actually beat Alabama because I know Nick Saban. That's his old Auburn modern, so I know that's going to be kind of a tough, a tough uh, decision for him to actually see some of the some of the guys that he actually coached years ago when he was on that coaching staff for LSU. So I think LSU would beat them 45-25. Okay, a 20-point win for Alabama. Fortunately for Nick Saban, he's been there at Alabama so long that uh, there are no more former LSU players on the roster from the last time that he was there. They've all graduated. Okay, yes. I um, I do apologize on that it's one It's all good. Well, but I think with Alabama, I mean, everybody's been saying Alabama is going to be uh, in in the college football playoffs, I mean, I looked at the I looked at the rankings, and I mean, they do have a, a tough slate in the college run in the college football run, and I think Georgia is at number one, Tennessee is at number two, and Alabama is at number three. So I think it will be Georgia and Tennessee actually meeting up in Atlanta, and then for Alabama, I'll probably say Alabama at number three and Ohio State at number four to actually play in the Sugar Bowl in Los, uh, in uh, New Orleans as well this year. Yeah, let me make a correction again. i got to tell you, Georgia can't play Tennessee in the SEC championship game. That's impossible. 
That's impossible. Okay, okay. Both Georgia and Tennessee are in the SEC East. So you've got to okay. pick one SEC East team to play one SEC West team in Atlanta. Okay, I'll say Georgia and who's in the SEC West? Mm, I'll probably say Mississippi State. Okay, that would work. That matchup would work. They did just lose to Alabama, however. Yes. Yes, they actually did because I haven't seen a good matchup between Georgia and Mississippi State in a long time as well in Atlanta. So, I mean, that will be a really good a really good matchup and one of the historic matchups ever in Atlanta as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll see what that looks like if uh, if we were to see a Georgia Mississippi State SEC championship game. That would be uh you'd be the one that predicted it. We'd have to give you all the credit if that were to come true. Well, it it, it would come true, so I'll um I'll have to see if I'm actually correct between now and um bowl weekend when that actually happens in December as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's always a pleasure talking with you, James. We certainly do appreciate the call, and uh, you just let us know what kind of trivia you want throughout the week later, okay? All right, I'll send that um, probably tomorrow as well, and then I'll call you all on tomorrow with some uh, World Series baseball news and NFL news as well. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks for the call today, James. All right. Sounds good and War Eagle. War Eagle. James from Montgomery joining us on the program here as the second hour of Sports Call has come to a close. Alongside Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is J.J. Jackson. A lot of phone calls right there at the end of the hour talking all things Auburn football, the NFL week ahead, and more. One hour left to go. Here on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Two hours in the books and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Barry. We've had a ton of fun here on today's program, and we want to continue that here for one more hour. One more hour of content 
And we want to remind you that Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to Use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. 334-887-3401 to call in and be a part of the show. As we get set to go here in the next hour of the program, let's do this. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, our Daily Show Recap. Mr. Camberry, what has happened today on Sports Call? Well, we have recapped our weekends. We have had a conversation with Jason Caldwell. We've previewed a little bit of uh, Auburn football against... Um, the Arkansas Razorbacks. So just, uh, yeah, just talked a little bit about that and, and talked a little bit about Auburn basketball as hell as well with uh, Jason Caldwell and and um, think that, you know, a lot of people are excited for the basketball season. So, yeah, that's kind of what we've Two talked. weeks from today. Yeah, two weeks from today. Birthdays in sports also. Done a lot on Done the program. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- they will be playing basketball two weeks from oh today. Oh, gosh, I can't believe it's that soon. Auburn taking on George Mason from inside Neville Arena. That's awesome. Uh, to kick off this 2022-2023 season. Chance Westry injured right now for the Tigers, one of the newcomers. But, uh, you know, we talk about those newcomers. There's also a lot of really familiar faces oh, yeah. coming back with this Auburn team. When you think about Wendell Green Jr., Katie Johnson, Zepp Jasper, Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams, Chris Moore. A lot of guys from over the past few seasons that have played on the floor are back this year for the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, a lot of added maturity, a lot of added leadership, I think. Uh, and and I think that's going to play a big part as the season progresses on. Um, you know, last year this team was full of newcomers and all, you know, getting comfortable, getting, you know, just, you know, synergy with each other and, and, um, just getting used to one another, and I think this year, you know, they've they've become a little bit more of a tight knit group. Um, you know, welcoming in obviously Johan and Janai and um, Chance Westry as well, and and with these guys, um, they could thrive together. You know, they're they're picked to finish fourth in the SEC right now, but you never know um, how that's going to play out as the season progresses. Just a lot of talent, a lot of um, a lot of leadership, and. I just think that overall the, the team is going to be uh, more mature and and it's going to be exciting to watch. We mentioned last week was SEC tip-off. Auburn picked to finish fourth in yep. the Southeastern Conference behind Kentucky, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Uh, but again, for Auburn to be picked to finish fourth, it's much greater than some of those uh, previous Auburn squads oh, yeah. under Bruce Pearl where it's now gotten to the point with the uh, multiple SEC championships that Coach Pearl has won leading Auburn, that it's like, uh, yeah, you're not going to surprise many people if Auburn finds a successful basketball season. You can't really use that as your motivation. Auburn at one point was able to use the, hey, they're doubting us motivation. Now that's the But uh, that's not exactly the case. Yeah, that, that's the expectation now is to is to uh, win, win a decent amount of games, maybe finish, you know, 
third, fourth in the SEC. Last year we finished first in the SEC. So it, it's it's now we're we're one of those top dogs um, in the SEC, and and people are going to be you know watching us and and not taking us lightly whatsoever. And and that's definitely something you have to kind of take into account now because you're not an underdog anymore in the SEC and basketball in general. Um, a, a lot of teams know that Bruce is going to you know. Um, recruit a lot of talent and and they're going to be a talented team and they're going to be well coached and and they're going to be ready to fight now and and you got to be able to um fight through the adversity now because again you don't have that chip on your shoulder you don't have that that underdog mentality anymore it's just you you got to be able to push through that and now say hey all right now they're gunning for us we're the guys that are that are going to be gunned for and and come for and now it's going to um you just got to be able to stay tough. Yeah, let's see what uh, this Auburn basketball season looks like as it gets started two weeks from today. Uh, also, over the weekend, haven't really mentioned this yet, but gentlemen, we now know the World Series matchup. The Philadelphia Phillies, epic fashion, winning in five games against the San Diego Padres. Bryce Harper has his massive playoff moment for the first true time in his major league career. And then it was the Houston Astros who swept the New York Yankees. A lot of people looking forward to that Astros-Yankees American League Championship Series. Uh, But we will see the Astros in the World Series for the second consecutive year. And we'll see an NL East team, not the Mets, not our Braves, but the Philadelphia Phillies competing in the Fall Classic. So, so the Phillies have kind of done what the Washington Nationals did a couple of years ago. Destiny, man. Yeah, and what the Braves did last year. You get hot at the right time. You can make a lot of noise, and that's what, is, that's what has happened with Philadelphia. They got hot right here at the right time, and not just hot, but scorching hot. I mean, their offense is, is outstanding. Their pitching is outstanding. Now, most people are going to look at the World Series and go, well, they're running up against a buzzsaw in the Astros who just swept the Yankees. Astros Every- haven't lost a game yet. No, in yeah. The playoffs. True. But everybody was saying the same thing about the Braves. Like, you know what? Last year, you know, it was, hey, that's it's a great run that the Braves are on. They're so hot. Man, they just took care of the Dodgers, Braves, you know. But you're going to run up against the Astros. And guess what happened? They beat him in six games. Beat him won in six the World games, Series. won the World Series. Yeah, man. Philadelphia can do this thing. Now, the Astros are playing out of their minds right now. Like Cam said, they haven't lost a game in the playoffs yet. They, they are playing out of their minds. Good. That's pretty good. Yeah. But so is Philadelphia. 7-0. and So is Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia is definitely playing they, well. They are, they are so red hot. And, and you got a guy like Bryce Harper doing what he's doing. This thing could go either way. Obviously, the Astros are going to be the betting favorite on that. Just like they were last year, uh, but I mean, when when you when you catch a team that's just scorching hot like the Phillies are, it it becomes hard to beat them, especially in Philadelphia. That's that's where it gets interesting, and that's where the Braves were able to take advantage last year. Is they they won their ones at home, but they also won, yeah, they, won they, in, they they won in Houston. And if Philly can do that same thing, then then yeah, the Phillies can can actually win this thing. Uh, but yeah, they're they're hot, but. Man, the Astros, I, that's an incredible run to be able to yeah. rattle off sweeps throughout the playoffs. Yeah. That, you just don't see that very often at all. Yeah, four four World Series appearances in the last six years for the Astros. I mean, that's, I mean, just 
crazy consistency. I mean, whatever, you know, we, we obviously are not fans of the Astros just because of what they did in 2017. Obviously, they cheated. Uh, a lot of people feel like they should be stripped. But even still, the consistency, I mean, losing guys like uh, they lost George Springer and, and I mean, just consistency. I mean, to be able to do that is still ridiculous. Back-to-back World Series appearances, you know, in these last two years, I mean, just insane in my in my opinion um still hope they lose but at the same time i I don't know i I might watch a couple of games i um just to see what it's about but i just have no real interest in this world series honestly a lot of good pitching matchups with uh, aaron nola and you've got zach wheeler for philadelphia justin verlander throwing hard for the astros still this season so uh yeah astros will have home field advantage in the World Series this season should be a whole lot of fun. Time for our first time out here in the final hour of the program. Our show continues here in a moment. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry inside our studios. We want to hear from you. 334-887-3401. Also remember that you can send us your thoughts on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. And we haven't done a Sports Call mailbag in a while, but let's set one of those up. Any questions that you want us to answer, we would be happy to do that in our Sports Call mailbag. Email us your questions, sportscall at thetiger.fm, or you could send us uh, your thoughts on social media. Again, DM us at sportscall. AU. All right, 334-887-3401. Back to the capital of Alabama we go. Jones from Montgomery is on the line with us. Hey, Jones. How you doing, fellas? Well, how are you, sir? Well, sir. Well, I'm an old geezer, and I need you guys to talk, me and the other old geezers that graduated from Auburn in the 70s, talk us off the ledge. Now, number one, is there a chance we could sue Stephen Lee for for malpractice for giving (laughs) – Gus, that ludicrous, absurd contract. And then can we also bring Gus in as a class action idiot for not producing quarterbacks properly and getting us an offensive line? And the third point I want to make and uh, ask, rather, is is Auburn going to be relevant again in my lifetime? And if so, who's going to be the coach that can do that? Whew, that's a lot to unpack. That is um, a lot to unpack. Yeah, you know. You guys – you guys are young. You guys can unpack it on social media. I got to unpack it between my big old fat ears. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not as young as these guys. Uh, now I, I'm not. I, well, I mean, I was born in the '70s, but uh, um, yeah, yeah, I might have been your daddy. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tom was born oh, in the '70s. Thing, we were born in the '90s. Yeah, pancreas. Because I tell you, I'm I'm just really upset because you can't go back and unscramble those eggs that Stephen Lee gave us. But I look at Gus as a stone-cold idiot. I always thought he was a buffoon, but I didn't have a dog in the fight. 
and I just want somebody to tell me what's going to make Auburn relevant again because, to me, we've deteriorated just to a point where it's almost laughable, and the, the nation's media people are just piling it on every moment. Right. I need you guys to give me some guidance here. All right, well, now, so I, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I, I agree, like, a lot of the stuff with Gus Malzahn, now, at the time that they gave him uh, the contract extension, they needed to do that. They they were in it. He had just beaten Georgia and Alabama. At that time, Arkansas was looking for a coach, but so was, like, a lot of guys in the SEC. I think they were, like, six. Had. Yeah. They were, like, six. And the last thing you wanted to do at that time was get into that coaching carousel, especially with a guy who just knocked off the number one teams in back-to-back weeks. So you had to hold on to him. You had to do that. But I agree, the buyout was excessive, and that was dumb. They they really handcuffed themselves to Gus with that buyout. So I agree there. Had to keep him. The buyout was ridiculous. Now, looking forward, obviously what's happening right now is it's not working. The stuff with Brian Harson right now, it's just not working. Uh, it's not working in the transfer portal. It's not recru- working in the recruiting aspects of things, and that's where things are going to get better for Auburn. Because right now the biggest thing is they lack talent overall throughout that team. There's some good players there at, at some spots. Tank Bigsby, I think, is one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, Jarquez Hunter can potentially be one of the best quarterback or best running backs in the country. Outside of that, on the offensive side, you don't got a lot. Uh, defensive side, you got some studs there that aren't really having the greatest a year this year, but defense has never been the problem. And all you got to do is look at the NFL rosters right now and how many former Auburn guys are right. playing defense in the NFL. Noah, Noah Igbegani just had the interception to seal the win for the Miami Dolphins. Got a bunch of D-backs playing for the Buccaneers. You got Derek Brown. You got Marlon Davidson. You got studs on defense, and you're going to have some guys on defense go to the NFL. So that hasn't been the problem. They've got to get somebody in here that can make an immediate impact, keep the defense going where it is, but also make an immediate impact on the offensive side of things, and that's in the transfer portal and recruiting. You've just got to. You have to be able to get the stud offensive linemen uh, first and foremost. You you have to get offensive linemen because they, they just are not good. Yeah, it, it, starts far, in, it starts in the trenches. Yeah, it starts in the trenches. And, the, and and if there's one area that Gus Malzahn just majorly struggled in recruiting was on offensive line and now has not gotten any better with Harson. Now, as far as names, the name that I want, the one that I just I will forever sit on the highest mountain and scream it is Deion Sanders. And the reason I say that is because I think that Deion Sanders is the type of guy that comes in here on day one makes an immediate impact. And you also mentioned the media and how the media is kind of crapping all over Auburn for their decisions and things like that. You want to turn that around completely and become the darling child of the media? Hire Deion Sanders. You become front-page news in a positive way across this country because not only do you hire your first black head coach, but you hire Deion Sanders to his first-ever Power 5 position. You are the darling in the media. So all the negativity is gone. You you are you are you are wonderful. And he is well, that's a great point. I like I like hearing that. And I think the recruits would line up to at least yes, visit they, Auburn. They, they absolutely the not not only recruits but transfer portal guy guys that uh you know are are I, I mean shoot even guy you know guys that are even getting solid playing time 
it would be interesting to them to come here. And plus, you got the you got this brand new six million or whatever million dollar facility you're getting ready to open. So that's attractive for players and coaches. Um, it, you know, there's some other guys I think could get the job done. I think a guy like Hugh Freeze is an okay name. I I'm not completely sold on that. He's doing great things at Liberty, and they just had a huge win over Brigham Young and rushed the field. And I mean, right now Hugh Freeze is on this high pedestal. It's a name that you're hearing a lot. I think Hugh Freeze is the type of guy that can get the job done, but it's going to take a couple of years to try to get things rebuilt. I think a guy like Lane Kiffin, if you pull him away from Ole Miss, he can make maybe not as immediate of an impact as like a Deion Sanders, but I think he can make a quicker impact than a Hugh Freeze. Now, if you go down the line, you start looking at like Jeff Grimes is a name that pops up. Um, Luke Fickle is a name that pops up. I, I'm not sold that I'm not sold that they could get the job done here at Auburn. Um, so that's where I'm at on that. I, I again, I I have been saying it for well over a year now. When his when Dion's name was not even remotely even mentioned with Auburn, I was a guy that sat here on this radio show and said that's the dark horse guy that I think everybody ought to look to. And I mean, everybody looked at me like I had antlers growing out of my head. And now he's the most popular candidate out there. So if you want an immediate impact to change the narrative of what is going on with this program, change the narrative of the just the fan base that just kind of feels like they're in the doldrums right now, just that instant shot of adrenaline to a program that just desperately needs something positive to happen to it right now, that's the guy. Yeah. That That is the guy that well, fixes really things that. from that, day uh, one. That, uh, that makes me feel better. Now let me ask you this. I know you got other callers. Let me ask you this now, okay. Dion comes in. Is Dion an offensive guy? I've not watched any of Jackson State's games. Is he an offensive guy, defensive guy? Is he primarily a figurehead and has other coaches doing all that? I think he's more of a figurehead, if I'm being 100% honest. That's the only probably knock that we would have against Dion is that we don't know how good of a coach he is. But see, the thing is, I don't think that's a knock. But he surrounds himself with guys that will make the program successful. Um so, you know, he might be the guy, you know, he's on the face of everything. Everybody's talking about him. It's, you know, it's the Dion show, wherever Dion is. That's just how it is. But he will bring in recruits. He's going to bring hype. He, 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 it's, an, it's an automatic eject, like injection to the program yeah. for sure. But, but also, you, you know with Dion Sanders' experience as a, in the secondary, oh, yeah. he's coaching the defensive backs. I mean, he's got a defensive backs coach, but right. if there's anybody that you could trust to go back there and teach a defensive back, especially a cornerback on yeah. techniques and what they need to do, it's yeah. a guy that has a gold jacket for doing that thing. So you know he's coaching. Um, so I would imagine he probably has more focus on defense. But, I mean, he's always been just an athletic type of guy. He knows how to do special teams. He's one yeah. of the best kicker turners yep. ever. Yep. So he knows special teams and assignments think, and things uh, like you that. Think, uh, you think he'd bring his uh, son Shadur? I, I I think so. Probably. Um, I, I would I would assume that, he, that uh, Shadur would kind of probably be one of those agreements that if he were to take the job that – his son comes with him because that's one of the big things that he wants and that he likes is coaching his son. And you can't blame him for that. Uh, but, I mean, you also Shadur's have to remember, really Shadur is a really good quarterback. Yeah. He was a four-star yeah, coming out of high school. Shadur is not a one – yeah, he's not a one- or two-star kid that – You know, he's playing for he, his dad. He chose yeah. to go play for his dad, right. but he had he turned down a lot of offers. Yeah, turned down a lot of offers. plenty of really? looks. Yeah. Really? All right, final question. I'm going to stop. The guys and girls – 
who are the powers that be, uh, board of trustees, whatever you want to call it, that they're the tail that wagged the dog over this big monster called Auburn, with whom I love in every facet. Are those people the kind of people that would allow a Dion? Are they so old school they wouldn't? That that's the issue, and and we don't probably know. say no, but but I lean towards no, um, because you're right, they are old school, and and you're right, well, I I just think they won't allow that because they won't allow one person to be bigger than Auburn, and that's just what Dion is. Dion is bigger than anything that you could bring in. He's it just is what it is because of his personality, his presence on social media, everything that he is as just a person. He's big, and and. Some people might just see that as a knock, but I, I mean, I think it's a positive thing because all the eyes are going to be on Dion, but that means all the eyes are also going to be on Auburn, and I—that's the way I see it. And, and so my my thought on this, I'm kind of torn on that the powers that be thing because ultimately the powers that be are fans. They now they are alumni. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of pull, but in the big scheme of things, they're fans, and they want Auburn to win. And so I don't think they're naive enough or dumb enough to not realize what the potential of a Deion Sanders could do for this program. Now, that being said, you just got to call it what it is. There is going to be a racial issue here, and it's something that's very tough to talk about, but it's something that you have to talk about as a reality. The powers that be that run things here at Auburn are rich white folks. Are they willing willing to go that route – and not only just hire the first black head coach here, but for that first black head coach to be Deion Sanders. Is that something they really want to do in, in the reality of things of just how this world works? Now, I would hope and would like to think that they look more at the success of the program and winning ball games and things like that and not what the color of the guy's skin is that's coming here and to coach the team. Now, I'm not in their heads. I don't know that. I don't hang out with them. I don't know what they're like away from wherever they're at. They could be the most uh, caring and accepting and ready to go on the Dion bandwagon, all I know. Or they could be the guys that are dropping the N-word every conversation they have. I don't know. I'm not there with them. I don't hang out with them. But I do know that they want Auburn to win. They, they are Auburn fans, well, and they want nothing more than this, that team to win. To this show. And I, I think you make some very compelling statements. I hope you will send that recording to all those folks. If they're listening to the show, I'm saying this as an Auburn grab with a bachelor's and a master's. By God, let's send a shot over the bow to the Affleck, Affleck buddy of Deion Sanders. <laughs> and let's make it happen, guys. I appreciate your time. Jones, thanks Thank for you. the call. Give us a call again sometime, yeah, okay? Call I, us. That, Thanks, that would, yeah, All right. That that would not just be a shot across the bow. That would be like full on battleship sixteen inch guns hmm. blowing across the bow of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Jones would, from Montgomery shake, giving us a call right there. We'll that see that if would shake the world of college football can up potentially be the next head coach for Auburn. We'll see. All right. Let's take a timeout. We continue in a moment. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
Welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Winding down here on this Monday. J.J. Jackson with Cam Berry and Tom Peavy. I feel like I'm out of breath from Show's this show. flying today. down, I know. A lot yeah, of right. talking, a lot of great phone calls. Yeah. I, I feel like I've talked more in, in this show than I have like combined in like three or Man. Because of the Jermaine Burton thing, I was like going yeah, off on got, that. You got you snapped on that one. Snapped on that one. Now we got to talking about Dion, and I'm gonna snap on that because that's I'm telling you that's my guy. Me. That's just what needs to happen. But I, you know, nah. Let's get a phone call in here. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. We go back to the phone lines. Joining us, we've got Michael from Auburn. Michael has called into Sports Call. Hello, Michael. Hey guys. Uh, I was just gonna mention. Um, I know Charles Barkley had. Um, he has a presence and a voice, um, and I know going back to the Gene Chizik hire, uh, when we didn't look at Turner Gill, uh, he had a lot of thoughts and a lot of things to say. Now that he's just gotten the TNT contract extension and he's brought in a lot of money, does his voice and his money give him more of a voice? Does it have him, you know, more of a different thing? And you're talking about, you know, you know, this voice and this thing, you know, with Dion that they may shy away. I would compare Bruce Pearl almost in the way that he is, uh, and the way that he is in social media and what he's brought to Auburn. And we can look at that. And I think Dion brings just as much. And you're looking at someone, um, you know, that, that comes from that, you know, the background that, that, that Bruce and, and, and different things that we had to overcome there. And I think that that's, you know, can be you know a lot can be said on that. You know, and he talked about you know the trip that he just took to Israeli and or Israel uh, with the Israeli team and, and different things and the background that he has there. And that's not an issue. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying we're we're looking at different things. I, I don't think that we need to do the same thing with Dion. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because you know that's something that I always think about when you mention Dion Sanders possibly being a head coach for Auburn. Uh, Auburn loves to take pride. And the fact that Charles Barkley played basketball at Auburn University, and there's the sentiment out there that Auburn's not going to hire Deion Sanders because he's bigger than Auburn. Fair. Charles Barkley is bigger than Auburn. Like he has right, surpassed sure. everything in the world that is Auburn. And so, if someone like Charles Barkley continues to speak out, and knowing that Barkley does in fact have a relationship with Deion Sanders, why do we know that? Well, because Chuck has a relationship with damn near yeah, everybody, everybody that's famous and has had that yeah. has had a run on television and that sort of thing. Like that, whatever you know, like yeah. Barkley is so much bigger than this place. Sure. You can say that, the same thing with Bo Jackson as well, right? Don't let that be a reason why. And and again, I'm. Uh, this is just what we're saying. It's just silly to think that that's really going to be a reason why you don't pursue a head coach is because you're worried that, oh, my gosh, he's just so bigger than the school. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you, if you think that he's the guy that can immediately change things here, then, then that's just what you have to do. And whether he is, you know, out there, you know, prime time and, you know, very flamboyant, very cocky or whatever, then, then you know what? that That's fine. It, you know, it, sometimes you have to have a character like that that can just really open things up and, and get a boost of energy going rather than the same old tread, the same old thing. You know, it's just that I, I that's the one thing I hate is just when when you're already kind of down in the doldrums and it feels like your tires are spinning in mud, 
you don't do anything different. You just keep hitting the accelerator, and your tires just keep spinning and getting deeper and deeper in the mud, and you're not doing anything different. Well, then guess what? You're not going to get out of the mud. Yeah. You're just going to keep spinning your tires, doing the same yep. old thing. Yep. Michael, you thanks for the phone call. You have to do something different and, and take a chance. That was and Michael then, from Auburn on the phone line. And then Jones' concern about Auburn never being good in his lifetime again will be legitimate. <laughs> He's, I mean, Which sure. we don't want that to be yeah, the case. Yeah, we don't want that to be the case. Yes. Uh, all right. Look, it is a Monday, and uh, typically we knock out best and worst of the weekend, but we've been going too long. Tom, you were saying that you've been saying too many words. And, uh, the, you know, our breaks would, would kind of uh, back that up. So what we do need to do is give some love to our fine sponsors and give you a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Our Nightly TV Guide is brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Say some more words for us, Tom. Ooh, as if I have not said enough today. It is Monday, October the 24th, and on TV tonight. Last Man Standing, 6 p.m. Central on CMT. Baxter and Sons episode. Mike's father and brother arrive in town and want to bid on a, in constructing a new outdoor man store, reigniting a sibling rivalry between the brothers. Meanwhile, the girls help their grandfather enter the world of online dating. Last Man Standing is a sitcom that premiered in 2011 starring Tim Allen and ran for nine seasons. So that's Last Man Standing, 6 p.m. on CMT. I love Tim Allen. Love that guy. At 6 p.m. on HGTV, a real estate agent and an interior designer advise frustrated homeowners on whether they're better off renovating their homes or putting it on the market. Tonight's episode is titled No Laughing Matter. Jamel and Lauren are torn on whether to renovate their suburban home or move to a new one. Love it or list it. 6 p.m. on HGTV. Check it out. If you are a fan of Freeform, the channel Freeform, at 6 p.m. you can watch The Haunted Mansion. A realtor and his wife and children are summoned to a mansion which they soon discover is haunted, and while they attempt to escape, he learns an important lesson about the family he has neglected. This movie stars Eddie Murphy, Marsha Thompson, Jennifer Tilly, and Terrence Stamp. Get you in the Halloween spirit as we're getting close to... Eddie Murphy, the, baby. The Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion, 6 p.m. Central on Freeform. A little spinoff of the uh, Disney ride, The Haunted Mansion. Uh, for you NBA fans... On NBA TV at 6.30 p.m., you've got the Orlando Magic at the New York Knicks. Orlando is looking to break its three-game slide with a victory over New York. The Orlando Magic feature Auburn Tiger Chumo Kiki and the number one overall draft pick in the 2022 NBA draft, Paolo Banchero. It's the 0-3 Magic versus the 1-1 Knicks on NBA TV tonight at 6.30. Bill Bailey's pick of the night. I love still bringing up Bill Bailey. (laughs) I miss you, Bill. After spending last week in Oklahoma City, the superstars of World Wrestling Entertainment unleash some Matt Mayhem in Charlotte, North Carolina. Woo! And just hearing the word Charlotte, North Carolina gets JJ all happy <laughs> in his feel-good areas. Yeah. It is WWE Monday Night Raw, 7 p.m. Central on USA. For you NFL fans tonight, you can watch the Chicago Bears at the New England Patriots, 715 Central on ESPN. It's an AFC versus NFC showdown tonight as Justin Fields and the Bears are currently 2-4 and four on the year and looking to right the ship before it's too late. If the Patriots win tonight, 
head coach Bill Belichick would have his 325th win of his career and break a tie with George Hallis for the second most wins by a head coach in NFL history. Hall of Famer Don Shula at 347 wins is the only coach with more. How about that? That's right. The Chicago Bears at the New England Patriots, 715 Central on ESPN. And finally, on NBA TV, so following that Orlando Magic New York Knicks game on NBA TV at 9 p.m. Central, the Denver Nuggets will travel to face the Portland Trailblazers. Portland hosts the Denver Nuggets after Damian Lillard scored 41 points yesterday and a Blazers win over the Lakers. The Trailblazers are now one of only four remaining unbeaten teams after the first week of the NBA season. The Denver Nuggets currently sport a two-and-one record to start the year. 9 p.m. NBA TV, Denver Nuggets at Portland Trailblazers. And that is your Sports Call Nightly TV Guide. Brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Took the words right out of my mouth. There we go. Tom, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. I feel like I need to go suck down some oxygen (laughs) to get my breath back. Cam, thanks for stopping by as well. We'll see you soon in the week. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. All right. That does it for today's show. Thanks again to Jason Caldwell for joining us on the program as well. Alongside Tom Peavy and Cam Berry, my name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.